Hello and welcome to the Bungler Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan and um, we didn't do a review episode of the World T20 um, because I didn't want to, I was too sad. But Bangladesh are straight back into international cricket with Pakistan touring for a T20 and Test Series. And joining me, I'm so pleased to have Test Match special commentator, a friend, comedian, actor, writer. Is there nothing this man can't do? Maybe survive a Bangla Cricket Podcast, we're out to find out. Atif Nawaz, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Pleased to be back. It's always great fun. The world of cricket doesn't stop. Well, like a week removed from their semi-final, Pakistan are going to be playing a match in, in Dhaka in Bangladesh. It's remarkable how quickly they turn these things around. It really is. And, and you know, I was just saying to you off air, I think this is too soon for a, for a T20 series, particularly for Bangladesh. We had an awful World Cup, like a really awful World Cup. And I don't think there's been enough time for us to figure out what went wrong and how to fix it. They've 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 commissioned a two-man inquiry, a little panel to, to figure it that out. But for me, this is the cricketing equivalent of a relationship rebound. They've just broken up, they get straight into a rebound, and it's not going to do them any good because I think Pakistan are going to absolutely annihilate Bangladesh. Well, I mean, I suppose that's the expectation, but you know, you never know. Sometimes a rebound can surprise you. A rebounds turn into all sorts of things. You know, I mean, for me. Like I look at it as a stand-up comic, uh, the stand-up comic perspective. If you have a bad gig, all you want is to have another gig as quick as possible to recover from the feeling of a bad gig. So the only way you get over a loss is by playing the next game as quick as possible and get back into winning ways. However, I think international cricket has taken the sort of the extreme. Now, New Zealand are going to play against India three days removed from playing in a in the World Cup final. In, and they're going to be flying from directly from Dubai to India to play that. Pakistan and Bangladesh are going to have this series like less than five days after the end of the World mm. Cup and the following Sunday, Sri Lanka start playing a test series against the West Indies. It is mental the amount of cricket modern modern internationals are expected to play. I think this is something that needs to be reviewed. No, you're absolutely right. There is a lot of cricket. And I, and I sort of wonder when they book this Pakistan-Bangladesh series and obviously, you know, the two test matches are part of the World Test Championships, which feels bizarre that we're already well into it. Um, you know, given that the final feels only months ago, uh, but there we go. And then these these T20s, I always wonder what, I can't understand the logic of booking a T20 series in five days after the final. It doesn't seem to make sense. If anything, you know, maybe a little, it was a good chance to give a shout out to the 50 over format, but I guess it's a, it's a commercial thing. Uh, T20 yeah. series is always an easy sell. Uh, broadcasters love it. Bangladesh versus Pakistan will be a good, you know, a good well-watched series. Two really big populations, you know, two teams with a rivalry. Uh, I think you know people will be keen on on watching it either way. The test matches have a lot more significance in the sort of global calendar. This is the first time Bangladesh is playing in this round of the World Test Championship. Uh, Pakistan's already played two games and they're sitting in second place. But for Bangladesh, this is very important. Like they 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 can sneak one of the test matches. They've got a genuine chance of qualifying just because of the way the schedule is going to break down. Like they don't yeah. have too many difficult series in this uh, rotation. Also, I always think um, the Bangladesh series is a treat because we're talking at two test matches. And so you're talking bigger percentages. It's not, you know, it's suddenly 18.8%. It's 50-50 or 100, basically, isn't it? You know, depending on which way the series goes and those sort of... Uh, so, you know, I actually quite like the idea that at the end of the, the World Test Championship, Bangladesh should have a nice round number compared to everyone else going to like three decimal places or whatever it is on the new kind of point system. Um, so, like, I mean, where are Pakistan as a cricket team in terms of bouncing back from the World T20? Because obviously in the kind of aftermath of that semi-final loss, it was like an overwhelming sense of disappointment given the kind of incredible run they had through the kind of Super 12 series. 
a few days on and you know refocusing on this new series is the feeling generally quite positive actually Pakistan had a brilliant tournament and have demonstrated that they are a really world-class side because I, I you know I always say you know and this is true probably more for Bangladesh than it is for Pakistan but I feel like reputations are built on performances in ICC tournaments, particularly for you know for, for for Bangladeshi players and the team and the PR, etc. Is that necessarily the same for, for for Pakistan? Do you think? Well, to an extent. I mean, it's it's the always the way with the big ICC tournaments, right? They bring in the biggest audiences, so all the casual fans, all the fans who won't necessarily uh, watch a bilateral series or like a triangular series or any series that they can't directly identify as being part of some kind of cricketing context. They won't watch those, but they'll watch the World Cup. They'll watch the Champions Trophy, these multi-team events that are huge and marketed beautifully as well, it has to be said. I think this is a huge step forward for Pakistani cricket, this particular tournament. Uh, they came forward. They won all the matches uh, in the group stage quite convincingly as well. A couple of them, the win against India is it's going to be a huge watermark moment for Pakistan. A lot of reputations were made in this tour. I mean, already, though, uh, there's questions being asked about the, the approach that Pakistan take to T20 cricket and whether that will translate outside of the UAE. Because, yes, keeping wickets in hand during the power play, you know, aiming to get between 60 and 80 runs in the first 10 overs before launching in the last 10, it's it's been successful for Pakistan in the UAE, especially when conditions are in their favour. But can you do the same thing in Australia? Can you do the same thing in England? I mean, do you not need stronger power hitters? Can you accommodate two anchor-style batters at the top? Uh, these are all questions people are already talking about, and the expectations rose. Like, at the start of the tournament, start of the World Cup, you said to Pakistan fans, you're going to make a semi-final and beat India. They'll bite your hand off for that. Yeah. Uh, never mind, beat India by 10 wickets in historic <laughs> fashion and, you know, all that. But because they did that, and then they beat New Zealand, and then they beat Afghanistan, expectations went up dramatically. And people did expect to see them go through, especially against um, sort of the Sena countries, uh, Australia, New Zealand. They didn't really fancy them uh, holding Pakistan or keeping Pakistan out. And yeah, the, it, there will be a sense of disappointment, a sense of missing out. I mean, I think Pakistani fans are acutely aware that this tournament, in a weird way, the conditions were perfect for Pakistan. To yeah, well, it's effectively been a, like a home home series, effectively for Pakistan. You know, in terms of where they played the cricket over the last decade or so. I mean, they won they won sixteen matches consecutively in the UAE. Uh, That's insane, matches. isn't it? Uh, dating back to 2015 and the match they lost before that was a super over loss to England so they had a remarkable run up until that game against Australia and again we you know conditions played a part in that and Australia played a, a brilliant tactical match as well so there's a, still a lot of disappointment mostly because of the expectation but I don't think uh, anybody's feeling overly critical about this Pakistan team nobody sensible is being overly critical they feel like they've achieved a lot and they're a very likable team and Everybody's excited about following Pakistani cricket again. And it was great to see, you know, like the names that, as a Pakistan fan, you probably think about day in, day out, really consistently perform, you know, notably Barbara Azam. And, you know, I know this is a long and old debate to have and long old, old conversation, but my God, I hope the IPL sort of pop up and kind of go, actually, come on, he's quite good. You can't have an IPL without Barbara. Do you know what I mean? I hope that conversation sort of like re- really reignites, but you're, you're, you're for, the, for the purpose of the listeners, you're pulling a face. Which... Well, I think Pakistan have slightly benefited from not being involved with the IPL. Uh, and bear with me here before all the hate tweets and hate things come in, right? Um, <laughs> you have the like, floor. Look, if you look at Indian cricket, right, I think one of the biggest downfalls of Indian cricket is that intense workload uh, that's been placed upon the team, and not just in matches uh, or tours or bio bubbles and things like that, but also the fact that 
the IPL has these intense matches that are on a par with kind of anything in world cricket. Now they're so intense. Every game goes on for like four hours and a bit. Every game, it feels like there's a lot on the line. People's hairs are graying, you know, like it's really, really intense. Um, you know, Owen Morgan, I, I remember interviewing him and he couldn't tell me what was more, what was a higher pressure situation, an IPL match or a world T20 match, which is quite telling. <laughs> and now the IPL is extending. I think one of the biggest things for Indian cricket is they don't let their players play around the world. They don't let their players uh, play in other leagues and develop a different skill set. They think of their players as commodities. And, and that's fair because they are commodities. You know, they've got huge fan bases. They can make a lot of money just playing in India. And a lot of them are great players. There's not to take anything away from these players. They're all superb and brilliant. But would some of these players benefit from runs in the CPL? Would some of them benefit from runs in the yeah. PSL, the BPL, the, the Big Bash? Of course they would. County Championship, of course they would. But BCCI doesn't allow that, whereas Pakistani players, okay, they don't get to go and play in the IPL. But what they do get is a chance to play all over the world. Like there's a Lanka Premier League coming up. You'll mm. see Pakistani players in that. There's the Abu Dhabi T10 coming up. Uh, you'll see Pakistani players in that. The CPL, the T20 Blast, the, the 100. You see Pakistani players everywhere but India, and they get they bring a more rounded experience. Yeah, it's, it's a balance and, of breadth and depth, isn't it? And, and Pakistan also, are getting also that. Also, there's that mystery as well. There's that mystery as well, Roshan. I mean, like, uh, people in, in, in the IPL, the Indian batters, they've seen a lot of Shakib Hassan. They've seen a lot of Rashid Khan. It was evident in the way that they played Rashid Khan in that match, the India-Afghanistan match, that was so crucial. Uh, well, that felt crucial at the time. So, you know, they were so confident against the likes of Mujib and Rashid. Whereas when you look at Ra- Rohit Sharma, KL Rahul, two world-class experienced batters with incredible records, they looked all at sea against Shaheen Afridi with the new ball because they've mm. never seen Shaheen Afridi with a new yeah. ball before. So... I think that kind of works to Pakistan's advantage right now at this exact moment. But also, obviously, it would be nice to see them play and vice versa. It'd be nice to see the IPL players, Indian players come over and play in the PSL. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this T20 series then. I mean, Pakistan are going to face, for me, a Bangladesh side who were in a pretty bad place, I feel. And it really felt like the wheels came off in the most public way during the World T20, you know. And it's, you know, there were conversations that happened during the World T20 that, were not new for a Bangladesh fan. You know, we have had the BPL in Bangladesh since 2012. So our players have been rubbing shoulders with the biggest players in the world. We've been playing in T20 World Cup since 2007. And, it, you know, the same sort of conversations were, were, were just resurfacing. You know, this whole thing of Bangladesh don't rely on big hitters, but clearly have no plan B and have never sought to find a plan B. We also didn't have any sort of proper PR. It felt like everyone was slagging everyone off during the World Cup. We had the BCB chairman criticising it. We had, I think, Mashrafi Mortarts had described our coaching staff as a rehab for South African coaches. We, mm-hmm. like, everything seemed to publicly fall off at the same time. And like I said at the start of the podcast, I don't think we've had enough time to actually sit back and go, right, what went wrong and how do we fix it? It looks like we'll be it without Shakib, but there's, at the time of recording, there's been no update on his injury. Um, Tommy Mitgal has dropped out. He's picked up a, an injury playing in a T20 league in Nepal. So, Pakistan are going up against a severely depleted, probably quite morally low Bangladesh side. And so I think this is going to be potentially horrific for Bangladesh. And I worry about how we come out the other side. With that in mind, is this an opportunity for Pakistan to try out some of their bench strength? Maybe the players who didn't necessarily get as much of a run out during the World T20. And I think it's also an opportunity for for Pakistan to get their morale back very quickly. Yeah, I think it's an opportunity for both of those things. And like, I do worry about uh, Bangladesh cricket a little bit, just... First of all, why is Tamim Iqbal playing in the Everest Premier League 
Like, why is he doing this before a home series that is significant? Like, if this is this is so problematic. He's gone and broken his thumb. Why are we not repairing his thumb? Like, what you know, we need to sort this out. Like, forget about fixing the batting order or the batting approach. Fix thumb and <laughs> thumb. Like, that needs to be fixed urgently. Get the best doctors in Bangladesh on it because he's being sorely missed. And, you know, there's some decent talent in that side. And, you know, we saw glimpses of it during the World Cup. But, like, I think mano or mano against the Pakistan team, they, they, they look a distinctly weaker lineup at the moment. They don't. They looked all at sea multiple times in the World Cup. You know, some demoralizing losses for them to take away as well. Bangladesh have had a, ma- a mad year of cricket. They managed to beat Australia at home 4-1. They managed to beat Zimbabwe, New Zealand as well. You know, and then people can say, oh, they were weakened teams. They were this, that, the other. Bangladesh beat the people that were in front of them. Beating Australia 4-1, doesn't matter what Australia is in front of you, is never a small achievement. I mean, this, this is the debate and the problem, isn't it? The board went for short-term success. You know, elections coming up with the BCB and also a thought about qualifying for next year. And they prioritised qualifying for next year's World T20 over performance in this one. Those wins against Australia and New Zealand have crept us straight into the Super 12s next year. We don't deserve to be there. We really don't deserve to be there. Like, I would honestly rather Scotland take our place in that world in the Super 12 and we go through qualification again because those New Zealand and Australian series were so short-term thinking. They wanted to get the PR of going, Rick, we've, we've, we've beaten two big teams. There was no thought about a World, World Cup that was a month away. And, and it showed the wheels came off. And so whilst we had stats on our side, and whilst we were going, guys, we're, we're next year, we're in Super 12s, it, it, was, it was very short-term thinking. And, and that's the problem with Bangladesh cricket generally. It's very short-term. No one's really making a plan for the next five years, really. I mean, we have great underage, high-performance teams, et cetera, et cetera, but it, it didn't feel like like they were thinking about the World T20. They were sort of just thinking about getting those serious wins. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think it's going to be a, a Pakistan whitewash without a shadow of a doubt. I can't see how Bangladesh pick themselves up this quickly. I want them to, and I think long-term we will. And I think that team's going to evolve a lot more. You know, Marmadullah, Mushfik, Shakib, I think I think they're going to churn out. You know, they'll probably be there for next year, but I think after the, maybe the next one probably won't be part of the side. But I think, I think this Pakistan series is, is not going to aid Bangladesh's development. It's just going to be going through the motions. And then the test test match, uh, the test series. So we'll see Momin Ul Huck returning as captain. And one of the one of the things I always wonder is what does Momin Ul Huck do uh, in all, the rest of the year, other than the sort of twenty five days he 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 works uh, for the Bangladesh national side as test. And actually, I'm going to be very sympathetic with him. Momin Ul Huck has one of the hardest jobs in the world. He'll have this squad made up of, of largely T20 players who've come back from an unsuccessful World Cup will probably get beaten by Pakistan in this series and then he'll have to go into the changing room and go right guys five day cricket remember that we played it once about six months ago and he has the most toughest job in Bangladesh cricket for moment or heart it's hard for me to talk about Bangladesh's form in test cricket when we don't play it very often we, we beat Zimbabwe that's our only win this year we got a draw against Sri Lanka on what was basically a, a, a kind of a, a flat road, a batting track. It was like stupid scores of 600 and 500, et cetera. And prior to that, we lost a home series against West Indies, which was seen as a real kind of a shocker because Bangladesh felt like they should actually have really kind of been quite, quite, quite competent and, and quite um, dominant against the West Indies. So getting back into the frame of mind test cricket, I think that's going to be a challenge probably for both sides, but I think more so Bangladesh than Pakistan. I mean, how, how, how are the test teams set? Four test cricket are they are they sort of you know in a good place at the moment? Well, they it, it's very similar to Bangladesh in the sense that you just don't see very much of the Pakistan test team, and when you do, 
you wonder, like you do with Mormon Luck, like what are they doing the rest of the year? Azar Ali, it feels like a lifetime's passed since that series, those two matches against the West Indies, where Azar Ali played. Um, you know, and they've got a completely different opening setup as well. Imran Butt, who's not going to play uh, on this tour, will be conspicuous by his absence. But you do have some very sort of exciting test batters who are going to get a go this time around. I do. I am slightly concerned about the turnaround for these players. They don't like. I don't know what the incentive for playing Test cricket in Pakistan is anymore because the focus is so heavily on T20 cricket. The Gaidi Azam Trophy, which is the you know first class domestic trophy in Pakistan, like it doesn't get a ton of attention. It's been played alongside the World Cup this time, which meant it got even less attention. Yes, uh, Gamran Gulam mm. is getting called up, and that's very exciting for Pakistan. He's a very uh, exciting player. Uh, Imam Al-Haq, we'll see more of him again. He's been very promising, but very rarely given the chance in an ODI. I don't remember when they last played in ODI, uh, Pakistan. And Bilal Asif is getting a, a call-up as well. But, like, you know, you feel for Imran, but you feel for Shahnawaz, Dahani, and Haris Rauf. Okay, the latter two will get a go in the T20s. But it's just, like, what do they do? Like, how much motivation does Pakistan... Like, how seriously are they taking their test cricket? And how much of it are they differentiating... Uh, I like that Barber still wants to captain. I like that there's some fire there from players. Uh, Yasser Shah is not going to play. So, you know, we'll get a look at different spinners uh, from Pakistan as well. And again, you know, Pakistan's got like, you know, I wanted to talk about Nasum Ahmed quickly. Like, he's a very promising prospect. I mean, he tore apart this Australian batting lineup that we've been talking about. He destroyed them earlier, right? I mean, he was the major reason that they uh, is it fair for me to say there was a major reason yeah he was a, a, a like i guess a, a bit of a surprise package in that australia new zealand series but again this is one of those things where they where we're talking about short-term success he performed so well that if you were doing it purely based on form he would be in the starting lineup for the whole world cup however they got to Oman and the united arab emirates when well actually the conditions aren't quite right for nussum and then we had to bring in people like shoriful and tuscan and and ciphered in and, and start to try and pay the conditions. And therefore, you know, that that's that was the problem. However, you're right, Nassim will I think will be back straight in this in this lineup and he will be back in his kind of home conditions. It'll be interesting to see what they go for in terms of conditions. Do they do the same sort of low turning classic home pitch in Bangladesh, which I think Pakistan won't fear as much as Australia and New Zealand did. I think I I don't think they'll get away with uh, that, that as easily as they did against against you know the, the Australia and New Zealand teams, and then for the Test matches, I mean Bangladesh playing Test cricket is so rare. I think we almost need good PR in Test cricket. We, we can't afford to have a three day Test match where everyone is just bowled out for seventy eight, and the, you know the aggregate score of the entire match is less than three hundred. We can't afford that. I don't know that that's going to happen, um, but yeah, I, I think actually. The T20 series, which leads to that, is again going to be quite influential. I think Bangladesh have a wonderful opportunity, particularly in that first T20 match. And we know that game of T20 cricket is one with variability is always the case. So two good overs, two bad overs, and and, and you'll swing the game for your team. Uh, if someone like a Nasum Ahmed has a good game, Bangladesh have a brilliant chance of taking a 1-0 lead in that series. And then they're only one match away from winning that. Take that into the test match. And now Pakistan has... I, I don't want to call them inexperienced because, like, Norman Ali is, like, is old, nearly. Uh, Sajid Khan is, like, 28, and they played a ton of first-class cricket in Pakistan. But in terms of wearing the Pakistan shirt, they haven't done it that often because Pakistan don't play that much test cricket. So, all of a sudden, Bangladesh batters have a chance to play themselves in conditions that, that they know and they understand and they're comfortable with against these new spin bowlers. You don't have to deal with, like, the weight of a Yasser Shah who's been, you know, historically a class bowler, a world-class bowler, and you know, crap tons of wickets. Like he just takes, I don't know what his stats are, but he's taken an insane amount of wickets. But now you've got 
you know, newer bowlers. I don't know. Shaheen will probably start. He likes to play these games. He doesn't like to set anything out. But if they decide to rest him and bring Nassim shine, if they decide to like um, and just mix things up a little bit, the only people that are certain, certain to play are Barber and Rizwan, you know, because they don't take any days off. But there is Sarfraz who hasn't played for a long time. You could give uh, Rizwan some time off if he wanted it. It's been a heavy year for him, especially because like he's had a really good year. So the paradox is because he's had this great year where he's set the record for most T20 runs, he's had to spend the most amount of time in the middle because he's also there for the full fielding effort, right? So I, I worry about the miles we're putting on Rizwan, and maybe this is a chance to uh, bring Sarfraz in just to rest Rizwan, or maybe you know they could have brought in a third keeping option. But you know you got Zaid Mahmood. I'm really excited about Zaid Mahmood. I'd be really thrilled if he got a start. I think it is a curious choice for for Test matches. He's recently come into the four in Pakistan for his performances in the PSL last season, and he's an exciting prospect. And despite not making a massive contribution in the national T20, I don't think he did. So apologies to anybody who uh, who can prove that otherwise. But despite that, they've stuck by him, and they said, you know, we want to give Zaid the chance mm. in, in the Test side, and he's, we want to keep him a part of that core circle of Pakistani players. So. Uh, I think Pakistan's got a more experimental, less settled test team than people think, and it might catch people by surprise. But equally, you know, these are players who've been gagging for a chance to get out. Yeah. Play. South yeah. Shaquille's going to get a game. Everybody's excited to see South Shaquille finally. You know, South Shaquille's just been hanging out on Twitter, commenting <laughs> about the, the World Cup, you know, endorsing chocolate bars and things like that. Like, he's got a chance to actually play some international cricket. So I think everybody. But he's quite excited. He's a very good cricketer, South Shaquille. So, yeah, I think for Pakistan fans, especially the ones that will hang on after the World Cup, the new fans maybe, they'll get yeah. a chance to see a different side of that. And Bangladesh, I think there is an opportunity to... It would be an upset if they were to win uh, matches on this tour. But I expect them to win at least one, maybe as many as two. I'd be surprised if they won any more than that, but you never know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know how the test matches are going to go because I think I just it feels like there are... Like, what, what do you base your selection on? You know, your last test match was months and months ago. So, you, you know, you can't really call it form. You know, Moen or Huck will come back into the team. So do, do Bangladesh go, hang on, who, who else have we got in the tank and bring someone like Nazmul Hussain Shante back? But at the same time, Tamim's out. Who else opens? And it, so it's not a great place for Bangladesh to be because we don't have that many options in terms of people who are uh, experienced and in form and playing regular cricket, etc. But with, with there being... World Test Championship points at stake and Bangladesh opening their account. Hopefully that will provide enough context and motivation for the sides. Um, let's get your predictions then. What are you thinking for the T20? I'm, I'm going to be straight. It's going to be a Pakistan whitewash. 3-0 Pakistan, 2-0 Pakistan. I really want to disagree with you just because, you know, I'd love to see Bangladesh cricket prosper. I think a strong Bangladesh is good for world cricket. And, you know, just these great players that come out of Bangladesh. It's hard to disagree with you. I, I don't see a scenario with this Pakistan team, with the kind of cricket they're playing. You know, Shoaib Malik is in this side as well for the T20s. And that's a different subplot. You know, I think he's trying to make a case for his inclusion long-term in the side. As Mohamed Hafiz has dipped out to go and play in the Abu Dhabi T10 under the guise of giving some youngsters an opportunity or a platform. Um, you know, I like, I love it when players... It's, it's exactly that Tamim and Kathmandu. Exactly that Tamim and Kathmandu. Let the youngsters have a go. I go break my thumb in a non-discreet tournament where I'm only playing for the money. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I, I think it is going to be three nil, two nil type situation. But I would genuinely really like to see Bangladesh win at least, take at least one game off Pakistan. I don't think that'll be bad for Pakistan either, just to keep them on their toes and keep them learning and mm. developing and building something. In the long haul, I don't think this tour does anything for either team, but it might help just expel some bad memories. So Pakistan get past that 
you know, that semi-final Look, loss yeah. that's going to haunt them for a while and uh, for Bangladesh to get over those five successive losses. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've never won a second round match in any T20 World Cup. We've never won a Super 12 wow. or Super 8, any iteration. I think, you know, we won, we beat West Indies in 2007. I mean, for me, the best I can hope for here is if, if Bangladesh come out with the feeling that they're now building towards the next World Cup, which is only next year, I think that'll be enough. So if they, you know, if it's Tigers backed into a corner and they get a win in the first game, that'd be great. But other than that, I just, at the moment, I think they need, you know, what for me actually ironically would be the worst thing is to Bangladesh get wins, even win the series 2-1, and they go, ah, it's all fine. Because there are problems within the squad that we need to figure out. There are problems within the, the lineup, the tactics, the approach that need to be solved before next year's T20 World Cup. And so, although I'm a Bangladesh fan and I want my team to do well, I also need the the kind of wounds to still be showing at the end of this Pakistan series so that they do something about them. Because the worst thing would be to paper over them and go, well, actually, they were right against Pakistan. We're back, back on form because we're not. And we're not anywhere near. Yeah. I do feel for that Bangladesh side that's, you know, they've never won a game in the round two. But hey, listen, up until this World Cup, Pakistan had never been in India in a World Cup <laughs> before. It, when they did it, it was a seismic event. So you've still got that to look forward to. Artif, thank you very much for joining me on the Bangladesh Cricket Pod. It's always so much fun chatting cricket with you. And congratulations also personally to you on a fantastic summer of live cricket. You've been brilliant on, on Test Match Special. It's been fantastic hearing you. I really appreciate that, man. It's my pleasure being here. And thanks for inviting me. It's always, I, I love doing this. And thank you for downloading the Bangladesh Cricket Podcast. And we'll see you very soon.